The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, and over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on the one who wants to borrow. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, for he makes his sun rise on the bad and the just, and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brother only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So, be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there was a Hindu that was training to become a Catholic in the RCAA program. So the Hindu turned to the instructor and says, okay, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So to be blessed, one is, uh, has to uh, be poor in spirit and be persecuted for justice sake. And then if uh, somebody slaps you on one side of your face, you've got to turn and give them the other. And then you have to love your enemy and pray for your persecutor. And then you have to carry your cross daily, every day. And then you have to forgive seven times, 70 times a day. I don't think I can do this. This Christianity is for the extraordinary people like Gandhi and Mother Teresa. So the instructor said, well, you just finished the rest of the classes. So he said, all right, I'll do that. So he did, and after the end of the classes, he said, now I understand Christianity. Christ turns ordinary people, just like fishermen, into extraordinary people. He said, I like that. So one day I was over here and a park ranger came over. Park ranger. So he says to me, he says, gee, we were working in the park over there and we have a bunch of extra flowers and we can't use them and we wanted to donate them to the church if you want them. I said, I'll take them, Sure. So I went over to the park with them and walked across the street and I noticed that they had uh, we, uh, they, they did a lot of work over there. They put in new bushes. They had some new flower beds, fresh ones. They had trimmed some of the bushes and the trees. And I said to him, boy, this is beautiful over here. He says, it's nice to have a professional group to help you. And he says, well, actually, they're not professionals here. He says, we, uh, they're all volunteers. They're all city folks. Some of them have never planted anything in their entire life. But I says, yeah, but it's, it's just it's a professional job. And he says, yeah, the reason why is because I gave them everything that they needed. 
I gave them the best equipment. I gave them the most, the freshest and the healthiest plants, and I gave them good instruction. And I turned ordinary people into, uh, into professionals, professional landscapers. That happened to me once. I was working here when we were remodeling St. Clements when I first got here. We had a crew. My father was supervisor of the crew. And what I, my job was to make sure that everybody had everything that they needed. I'd run to the store and get them coffee or material. At the end of the day, when everybody went home for the day, I would go, and I would, that was when I really started to work. I cleaned up everything. I put everything back where it was. If they needed material for the next day, then I went to the, uh, you know, went to the store and got the stuff. So that my motto was to have a nice clean place is a safe place is a happy place. And my job was to make sure everybody was happy because when everybody was happy, I knew that I was going to be happy. So then one particular day, I said to Dad, I said, I think everybody's happy. I think everybody has what they need. He said, do you, do you want any help? He says, yeah. He says, actually, I, says, I want you to uh, trim off, put some oak trim on the windows in the parlor. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He says, wait a minute. That, that's, I, I'm pretty rusty. I haven't done this kind of work in a long time, you know, nine years in the seminary. So it's been a while since I've done this. I know if I do that, I'm just going to botch it all up. He says, no, no, I want you to do this. You've been going back and forth with helping people all day. I want you to do something nice. I says, all right, I'll get my tools. So I went and got my tools. My father says, what's that? I says, it's my hammer. He says, no, 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 we don't use hammers anymore. We use, hammer, we use uh, nail guns. And then he says, what's that? And I says, well, it's my handsaw. And he says, no, no, we don't use handsaws anymore. We use electric uh, chop saws. Let me show you how you'd use it. And it was amazing. You know, I used the chop saw. It was really quick. You get these nice, clean cuts. You put the board up where it's supposed to go. Then you take the nail gun, and you go click, click, and it's in. It was a lot of fun to do it. After I finished trimming off the oak trim around all the parlor windows, my father came to check the joints to make sure they were really tight. And he said, this is a professional job. This is great. I says, yeah, the only reason it's great is because I used your equipment and I had your instructions. And what my father did was he took somebody that was really rusty and he turned me into a professional. And that's exactly what Christ does in the gospel. He's taking ordinary people and turns them into greatness. Let me show you how Christ does it in my example in my own life. Anyway, Dad and I, one, one winter, it was, fishing was pretty slow, so we decided to join a fly-tying club. They met once a month. Well, now, one of the first meetings we went to was their 25th anniversary, so they wanted to make it really special. So they, they got some money together, and they hired a guy from, uh, they flew somebody out from New Jersey, a professional fly-tie that wrote books and was famous, who I even knew, to come out to, to tie flies for us as a special way of celebrating the 25th anniversary. I said, Dad, we've got to get there early, so we did so Dad and I were the first ones there, and the professional fly tire from New Jersey was sitting behind the table, and he, he said, any requests? He says, yeah, can you do one of your hollow flies? So we put the hook in the vise, and he started showing, and, as he, and he started tying the fly. The members, other members, started to come in and gather around the table to watch him tie the fly. Well, anyway, there was this guy that, that came in and stood beside me, and he bumped into me. So I said, so I figured he needed some room, so I moved over a little bit to give him some room, and then he bumped into me again. So I gave him a little bit more room, and he kept bumping into me about the fifth and sixth time. It was starting to get annoying. I'm thinking to myself, what is this guy? He says, I have my space. I gave him his space. How come he keeps coming into my space? But he says, I'm not going to let it bother me. So anyway, he finished it. The guy, the professional, finished the tie. He took it out of the vise, and he reached with the fly over the table, and he handed it to me, and he says, here, keep it. So I was looking at the fly and admiring it because this is a beautiful job. And the guy that was, still, that was beside me kept bumping into me. He goes, oh, that's so beautiful. Can I see that? So I handed it over to him so he could take a look at it. And he says, oh, this, 
He said, he's so, he's great. And I, I said, keep it. Naturally, he was really happy that he'd be able to keep the fly. Anyway, the president said to uh, the club, everybody be seated, we got it, it's award time. So they wanted to give out awards for the year. And so they had the, 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 uh, the, the, the special uh, member of the year award. And so he made an announcement of all the different things that this particular guy did to deserve this award. All the times coming in for coffee, getting, the, getting special speakers to come, all the news bulletins, all the things that he did, a list of many things. Then he announced, after he listed all the accolades of this guy, then he, uh, he announced the name and the guy stood up. And it was the same guy that was standing beside me that I gave the fly to. Well, apparently everybody really likes this guy because he got a really loud uh, round of applause. Then he went up to the stage to get the award and he hobbled up. I go, what the heck is he hobbling? So I took a good look. He had one leg. That's why he kept bumping into me. So when I saw that, I said, boy, am I really glad I, I was really nice to this guy. <laughs> and, because, and I got that from Christ. Christ gives us the ability to take ordinary people to make us special, to make us extraordinary. That's why the standards are so high. But he gives us everything we need to be able to live that life so that we can share that with other people. So what does Christ do in the gospel? The stakes are high. The standards are very high. But remember that Christ gives us everything we need to achieve greatness in his kingdom.